This is New Classical Tracks from American Public Media. I'm Julie Amaker, and you can help us reach more people with this podcast just by taking a moment to rate and review us on your podcasting app. It really helps new people find the show. This week, we're going to hear from Sheku and Isata Kane Mason. They have a new duo recording out. It's called Muse. They come from a family of seven incredibly musical siblings. And Isata, she is the oldest among them. She's the pianist. Her younger brother is cellist Sheku Kane Mason. And they've been performing together for many, many years. They have flourishing solo careers, and they finally had time, quite frankly, during the pandemic, to really work hard on their music together. And that's one of the reasons they were able to put out their first duo recording. That's what you're going to hear about this week on New Classical Tracks from American Public Media. I'm Julia Mucker. Well, first of all, I'll just start off by saying, how are you? How are the two of you doing? Yeah, very well. We uh, were in New York. We got here yesterday. And uh, yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so are you doing a tour then? Is that why you're in the States? Kind of. We're both doing concerts, but not together, kind of in different parts of the States. So Sheikhu's going to Cleveland next and I'm going to Baltimore, but we're not going anywhere together this time. Oh, how interesting. So we're we're just getting a chance to talk to you about your new recording, which is due out very soon. Well, let's start off uh, with maybe it's an obvious question. What was it like growing up in a household with seven incredibly musical kids? Well, it was very noisy. And that's something that we're used to um, because we haven't grown up any other way. And so we're very used to kind of growing up with music and noise all around. And I think we both really enjoyed coming from a big family and coming from a musical family And even now, all of us siblings are still quite close and many of us live in the same city. So we still see each other often and we still have that bond between us, which is really lovely. That's great. And how did your parents encourage your passion for music? Because I know they weren't musicians per se, but they really went out of their way to help you each pursue your passions. Definitely, yeah. As you say, they're not musicians themselves, but they played instruments um, when they were younger and can sort of still play um, a little bit. But they were, they were they were always really, really encouraging and wanted us to have the opportunity to to get to know this this music and to have lessons. Um, and, you know, they would play us a lot of recordings and CDs growing up in the car of all sorts of music, um, a lot of classical music, but other styles as well. Um, and, yeah, we, I think we're just grateful for the opportunity that they gave us in you know, taking us to lessons and paying for lessons and encouraging us to practice and all those things that, yeah, we're so grateful for now. I know that each of you have individual musical idols, and I'm wondering if you could talk about who has inspired your playing and why. And Isata, why don't you start? Well, when I was growing up, I listened to a lot of Marta Argrich and a lot of Vladimir Ashkenazi, and those were the two pianists that I was always in awe of and always inspired by. And then I also listened to lots of Rachmaninoff um, as a composer because I also used to love composition when I was younger and I was really inspired by his piano concertos particularly. I really wanted to play them one day. And so, yeah, I would say those have been kind of my biggest influences growing up. And how about for you, Sheiko? For me, I mean, the main 
ones that have had a massive influence on my my love of, of music would be Jacqueline Dupre and The Cellist. Uh, it was, yeah, still I'm very much in awe of the way she plays and the approach to music and how much expressiveness, I guess, goes into to everything that she does when she plays. Um, so she would be my main, my main influence. And I have to mention that that's, I mean, I know she was British, right? Yeah. Just as the two of you are. So that's one reason. But there are so many incredible male cellists. I was really intrigued by why this woman stood out for you. What does she bring to her playing that just resonates with you so much? I think I think for a lot of um, young British cellists, she is really the person that we grew up listening to, and her sound was the sound I had sort of in my mind when I was growing up, and that's what I felt the cello was, and she really was such a massive influence in, in in that sense. And I think on a lot of people, I think the whole, you know, few generations after she died in the in the UK particularly are, are so much influenced by by her playing and what she did. It's so so direct and so honest and so un unfiltered. Yeah, there's there's sort of nothing in the way of what she wants to express and I think that's that's a really special special quality. Mm-hmm. And, of course, she died way too young, which Mm -hmm. um, maybe that even, I don't know, I always think of, like, some of those rock stars like Jimi Hendrix. It's like, what what if? What if they were able to continue on with their their music longer than they had? Yeah, exactly. That's always the sad sad thing about it. But, I mean, she definitely gave so much in the short time that she was performing and recording. And so I think, yeah, I'm grateful that we have still so much amazing things to listen to of her. Playing. Well, you've recently made your first recording as a duo. How does that feel? Very exciting. I think we've always wanted to record together and we've recorded pieces that we really love, especially the Rat Maninoff, which is a piece that we've known since we were very small. And so it just feels really, really exciting to have this album coming out. And we spent a lot of time really exploring and enjoying the pieces together. Tell me about the title. I know that there is a Rachmaninoff song on this recording called The Muse. Was that in some way what inspired you to call the recording Muse? Yeah, that did give us the idea. And I think it's just, I mean, Muse is a word that can be interpreted how you like, really, but, you know, Rachmaninoff is the composer that inspired both of us, and I think there's a lot of kind of inspiration in the music, and I think that's what the title of Muse means to us, and also having the song called Muse also gives it a nice link as well. This new recording features two works that the two of you have included on your concert programs for a while. However, during the pandemic, you were able to dive even deeper into these two pieces. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, we had a lot of time um, together at home to, to really spend time with these wonderful pieces of music and rehearse. And we did lots of sort of small performances to the rest of the fam- family while we were preparing for the recording um, as well of the of this repertoire and i think this repertoire is something that benefits so much from 
um, the luxury of spending time and really getting um, getting to know all of the detail within this music because it is such detailed music because it is because it's great music and I think um, yeah it's it's wonderful to have been able to spend the time to really explore it to that level of of, of detail as a duo I think that's something because you know we were together and I guess because we are siblings and we 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 have the chance to spend time on these sonatas as a as a duo and I think that's a wonderful thing I'm curious what you might have discovered inside um, like the Barber cello sonata for example that you hadn't had the time to really dig into prior to the pandemic did you discover something new that just sort of rocked your world I mean specifics would be maybe tricky to say I think it's a piece that I think I, I don't know I, I always think with any great piece of music there's it's a constant discovery and and you're constantly also refining in order to portray in the most clear and direct and honest way what you sometimes initially felt about the the piece of music but also have discovered and found as you've looked deeper into the piece of music and um, yeah the barber is is very very complex harmonically and and rhythmically and so he spent a lot of time playing slowly and really really getting to know what what is happening and what he was crafting um, and finding the appropriate sounds for each each section um, was yeah was something that we had to refine The Barber Cello Sonata is one of his early works, and it's not that well known. Mm. How did you discover it? Yeah, it's not well known at all, and we discovered it, I guess, relatively recently. It was my teacher who um, introduced us to the piece, and we both listened to it and really, really lo- loved it and were struck by how immediate it sort of grips you. Um, it's, it's, it's amazingly well well written, and as you say, it was a very, very early piece in his his life, and so it's full of a lot of youthful enthusiasm and and drama. There's not a lot of patience in in the sense that, yeah, it's very sort of concise in the way he writes um, the sections and a lot of the drama happens over a short period of time, but the build-up, because of how well it's sort of crafted, Rhythmically, the build-ups always feel really... They kind of take you with with them. This piece requires a lot of trust between the two performers. Can you talk about how the two of you have developed that trust? Well, I think we've been playing together for so many years now that we really know each other's playing. And we've played a variety of repertoire and we've played in many concerts together. And so I think we're able to be very spontaneous when we play together and... We just know what to expect from the other person's playing within that as well. And so, yeah, that meant that, you know, playing these pieces together, we we worked on them a lot as well, but in terms of us playing together, we're very comfortable with each other's playing, and so that does make things much easier. Is there a movement or a section 
in this sonata that you each especially love to play or look forward to? And it doesn't have to be the same section. Mm. I mean, there's many moments in in both of the sonatas. Um, I particularly enjoy playing the second movement of the Rachmaninoff. Um, particularly the the second subject theme, I think, is really, really beautiful. And I just love all of the textures in that movement between the instruments as well. How about for you, Sheiko? I think there's, yeah, there's so many things to enjoy and explore in the, in the, in the music. I mean... To pick a favourite section would be would be difficult. I mean, like, yeah, it would, would be difficult. I think also because it's music that works so well as a as a whole. All of the sections come; at, they're all part of an overall sort of arc and overall shape. So yeah, one section wouldn't be as good if it wasn't because of the section before exactly, or because yeah, of exactly. what's coming. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's all part of the journey. Why did you decide to pair the Rachmaninoff sonata with the Barber sonata? I mean, of course, they're very, very, very different composers and, and, and the sonatas are very, very different. Um, but they it's a program that we performed a lot, both the Rachmaninoff and the Barber sonatas, and they work together in terms of the level of the level of expression, the level of intensity and the level of detail as well in both of them. But yeah, as you say, they're very, very they're very different and very contrasting, and I think that's also nice to have that variety on the on the album um, to show the different sound worlds of 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 the two instruments that can be created. And yeah, I guess the range of of colors and sounds in the Rachmaninoff is very different to the range of colors and sounds in 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 Barber. And that's yeah, that's something that we enjoyed developing and exploring and refining together. The Rachmaninoff cello sonata comes from a very creative time in the composer's life, and it actually followed a very stressful period where he was trying to break through writer's block. Can you talk a little bit more about that so we can understand what was going through his head at the time? Yeah, I mean, I think this sonata is interesting because it came just after quite a long depression of his. And one of the most famous pieces that came out of this period is the second piano concerto. And so this sonata was overshadowed by that concerto for many, many years and it wasn't that well known or played. And then it kind of came to fruition later and now is, of course, really, really well known. But there are many similarities between this sonata and the second concerto in terms of in terms of the harmony and also in terms of kind of... There's a lot of pain in the piece, but there's also a lot of joy. And I think he goes to those two extremes. And I also think that those two emotions are never that far from each other. And that's something that is very prominent in Rachmaninoff's music and what I think is so beautiful about the Siddhartha. You have both confessed that Rachmaninoff's sonata is one of your favorite pieces of all time. 
That's a pretty strong statement. So what is it about this work that makes you love it so much? I think it's it's just, it's music that really, really sits at the extremes of, of expression. And it's like, it's almost at the point of too much sugar, but because it's almost at that point, that means that it's it's exactly where you where you want it. And so it's incredibly beautiful music, incredibly poetic music, and a wonderful piece of chamber music in the sense of the interaction between the two instruments and the voices within the two instruments as well. And it's, yeah, I think it is, for me, is, is one of the most enjoyable pieces to perform and to listen to. Well, it's filled with some incredibly great melodies, and I know that gives the cello a chance to really sing. Sheku, can you point out maybe one of your favorite melodies and tell me why and where we hear it? Oh, I, I would say one of my favorite melodies is the second second subject of the of the first movement. His use of falling very, very close intervals and then rising sort of larger intervals and the, and the, the painfulness of like a falling semitone is really, really powerful. And then when you have these sort of hopeful um, rising intervals a bit later on in the, in the, in the phrase, it's, yeah, it's such a wonderful relief. In between the Barber Cello Sonata and the Rachmaninoff Sonata, there are three songs from each of the composers. Could you talk a little bit about these little songs and why you chose to include them? Yeah, well, the Barber songs are songs that are not often sung, and we thought that it would be lovely to explore them. And I think it's nice when you have two big sonatas such as this to kind of represent the composers in a different light. So, I mean, the Rachmaninoff songs is undoubtedly Rachmaninoff in terms of the sound world and in terms of the harmony, but it's Rachmaninoff packed into a much smaller space of time and therefore on a very different scale. And then the barber, we just see a different side of the composer with these songs compared to the sonata. You know, they're harmonically slightly different and... They're quite simple in a way, but if you listen to the lyrics there, they're quite profound. But of course, we don't have the lyrics, so we're trying to convey the feeling of the music through not very many notes, um, which is also a really exciting experience to explore as well. If the two of you were going to sit down and play one of these six songs kind of on the spur of the moment, which one would it be and why? Mm, that's a good question. I'd probably play How Fair This Spot, uh, which is a terrible translation as it comes from Russian, but it's basically, it's one of the Rachmaninoff songs and it's just kind of a scene and a snapshot of a, a beautiful place in nature and kind of the awe and the, the wonder that comes with with just experiencing that in that moment. And it's very short, but very, very beautiful. And I think, I mean, my answer might change if you ask me tomorrow, but that's what I play now. 
I do also like that one. Um, I'd say one of my favorites is is the Baba song called "There's There's Nailock." <laughs> it's it's really really beautiful the 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 intervals in the in the melody, and so there's lots of scope for expressive connections between rising intervals that you can do on the, on the on the instrument that a voice. It's very very simple, and it's just two mirror mirroring phrases um so it's quite short and but it's just yeah it's very very beautiful and it's very charming your mother wrote a memoir recently called house of music did you get a chance to read it yeah we both read it yeah so what did she include in that memoir that was especially memorable for each of you or maybe important to each of you? For me, the most interesting part was all of the things that my mum shared. I guess all the parts of her life from before we were born, because that's something that we only know in snippets and now I got to see it in more detail. And then also just things that you're not aware of as a child growing up. Like certain, we were aware that our parents made sacrifices, but I think hearing the detail of how it actually was from their perspective. Because when you're a child, you're the centre of your world and you can only see it through that lens and your parents are just your parents. So I think the chance to see your parents as people and seeing the struggles they went through was very eye-opening. Yeah, I think it's exactly that. It's it's, it's interesting to um, yeah read in more detail about my mum's childhood and, 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 and even as far back as, as our grandparents as well. Um, it's sort of funny to read a book where you're one of the the characters in the in the in the story from from someone else's perspective but um yeah that was really interesting and and, and beautiful to read A new recording called Muse with Sheku and Isida Kane Mason. Thanks to Valerie Kaler, our producer for new classical tracks from American Public Media. Thanks to Valerie Kaler, our producer of new classical tracks from American Public Media. I'm Julia Macher. 